All right. Welcome back in, guys. You are listening to the Saturday show on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Up next, we have a very special guest, a good friend of mine. Uh, and as I mentioned in my podcast not too long ago, uh, he kind of helped me get this job in a way. So uh, networking is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely do it. Two hey, thumbs up. Who you know is better than what you know sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> and if you got both going for you, yes. even better. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, let's welcome in Hank Mondaka. He has a charitable foundation called Athletes for Life. And uh, he, he runs these very special football camps that we want to talk about. So, Hank, how are you? I'm doing great. Good morning, you guys. Morning to you, Hank. All right, so I, I actually watched the podcast you and Michelle did on the Crimson Corner not too long ago, and Michelle was like, "Hey, we have to get Hank on the radio show. So make it happen." I, I, said, I, I told her, "Like, let's get this. Let's get this thing. Let's get. Let's make it happen." Uh, can you explain exactly what your? I'm I'm going to kind of give you the thirty thousand foot question here. Can you explain exactly what your overarching goal is with what you're doing with your foundation, et cetera? Absolutely. First of all, I want to thank you guys for having me on and uh, getting a chance to talk about it. Um, it's platforms like yours that are going to help us grow and get this word out. What we're trying to accomplish is to help the uh, the children, the kids on reservations across the country. Um, obviously, we can't cover it all, but we would like to um, teach them the way that we kind of grew up on how to survive, how to to um, have some faith, have some uh, some hope uh, for themselves. Um, when we started in Pine Ridge, we were just going to go help uh, a football team, their coaches, and um, the players. Well, little did we know we were going to become friends. We were going to get involved with families. We were going to get involved with the community. Um, and so now um, it's turned into a very, very fruitful cause. Um, we're trying to instill in these kids um, some some sort of, of um, like I said, some faith and hope, because those are the things that they do not have. You know, when we talk about kids on the reservation, um, what do they have? I, I tell people nothing, but people automatically think, okay, homes, cars, whatever, you know, monetary value items. But no, it's the intangibles, um, faith, hope, pride. They, these kids didn't even know what the word pride meant. Um, and the suicide rates are, are through the roof. Um, uh, unfortunately, they see this as a, a good way out, and we want to curtail that. We want to give them some hope. And, and through athletics, teach them the intangibles that you learn through, through athletics as well, you know, the teamwork, the respect, the discipline, things that uh, naturally come along with, with participating in sports. And now you kind of touched on it a little bit, but I I don't think people fully understand. You know, explain Pine Ridge specifically because I think Pine Ridge is a little bit more of a gnarly story and situation than what you're about to deal with, which we'll get to in just a minute. But talk talk about the living conditions in Pine Ridge. Sure. Well, um, in 2018, uh, my uh, former high school teammate Joe Pena. Uh, was on vacation in South Dakota, and he met a gentleman, and he was a coach at a high school called Red Cloud on Pine Ridge Reservation. And um, they talked about helping out and what we can do or what Joe can do to help, and um, he pursued that, that relationship, and, and Red Cloud eventually turned him down. But two miles away was Pine Ridge High School. Mm. 
Now, Pine Ridge Reservation um, is on the border of South Dakota and Nebraska. Um, there is a town in Nebraska, it's slipping my mind. It's about a 15-minute drive. It's not very far. But they had three liquor stores, little mini marts. And Pine Ridge is a dry reservation uh, for obvious reasons. And people would go there to, to purchase their alcohol and either make it across the border or they didn't. But these three liquor stores, um, 99% of their business came from people on the road. So to get away from the hope and despair that, that they live every day, they would, they would just drink. And I had um, student-athletes late for practice, and I'd say, hey, man, you know, you okay? Everything all right? I could tell he'd been crying. And he would say, um, yeah, you know, my dad's on my case. And I said, well, everything all right? And he says, well, my dad just thinks I'm wasting my time coming out here. You know, he, he, he drinks all day, and he, and he tells me I'm wasting my time playing around on the grass, that I'm just going to end up just like him and just like my grandpa. And so not only do they have nothing um, – or any faith, but it's a detriment. You know, they're 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 taught that, um, you know, if you stay here, you're going to end up like us. So we encourage them to get off the reservation if they want to make it, whether it's school or a job. Um, and it's hard. It's very very difficult for them to leave home. We've had a few student athletes attend college, come back only because they they missed their two or three year old child, and that's reality there on the road. Um, you have people anywhere from 13 to 17 people living in a trailer. Um, that trailer um, has no heat. Um, they have water. Um, but those conditions are, are typical of, of that particular reservation. And um, when you see this, it's very, very eye-opening. Um, their downtown consists of a post office, a grocery store, a pizza hut, subway, and a gas station. The gas station is the main hangout. You know, they have a little mini-mart there, um, but that's where the community meets. And eventually we got to, to know some of the community there. They, they really um, welcome up, welcomed us with open arms after three years. Um, when we arrived there, the first camp, um, these kids were told, hey, here comes the white man again. You know, you, you don't look them in the eye. Don't, don't listen to what they say. They're, they're going to be gone just like all the other nonprofits that get government funds. They come here for a year, and uh, we won't see them again. So be careful. And, and I found this out from players two or three years down the road. They said they knew you were coming, and they warned us. And so the first year, they, you know, we were wondering why these kids weren't looking us in the eye. And, you know, they were, they were very obedient. You know, it was, it was like coaching kids in the 70s, which was a refreshing uh, opportunity for us as coaches. But we had to earn our respect. And we had to earn our way into that community um, through our persistent year-after-year uh, year return uh, trips. And um, now it's flourishing. And what a natural way to, to fit um, the spinoff from what Joe started uh, into the Utah venture. And that's what I was going to ask you about here, Hank. So now you guys are bringing essentially the kind of the same idea, but bringing it closer to home here in the state of Utah to the Uinta Ore Reservation out in the basin area. Uh, you mentioned the fact that you kind of that was the inspiration for it. Are the are the situations comparable? How are they different? Like what are we looking at here? Well, it, it, the conditions are not as bad. Um, I visited the reservation with um, with our 
our committee guy uh, who, who, who uh, this, this whole trip could not be made possible, but his name is Cameron Kutch. His father, Forrest Kutch, is on the presidential committee for the University of Utah. Um, we could do, still do some help. You know, it, it's, it's our, our group, Athletes for Life, that, that will help wherever help is needed. What areas do you, do you, would you like to see us help? And their main focus was on um, the youth, to get the youth comfortable in athletics, to get the youth comfortable to going out for athletics um, once they reach high school because uh, it's a little difficult. They're a little intimidated. And so it's our, our hopes that through these camps we can, um, we can build relationships between the high school student-athletes and the kids on the reservation. That's the hope. Um, so it's not as intimidating the first day of school. So they know somebody on, on the football, baseball, or basketball team and um, try to make that transition a little bit easier. And our goal is to be there um, this year with fifth and sixth graders. I think we're going to start. And our goal is to be there when those fifth and sixth graders are juniors and seniors in high school. So they will have been through the program. And hopefully we can see um, a little advance in the number of of, uh, Native Americans there on the reservation participating in in athletics. Um, You never know what you're going to find. Now, Talk about the cast of characters you have coming in to help with this. Uh, there, there are some fun, some very familiar names if you're especially a Utah fan, but even if you're just a general state of Utah sports fan, uh, there's some names that matter coming up there. Well, you better be careful, Michelle. You're you're one of those characters. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she is. We're gonna um, we're we're gonna welcome you and um, whatever you bring um, to the the camp. Um, to let you know Salt Lake City know what we're doing in real time, but we do have some some names that um, who want to get involved in this cause. You know, being able to to give back to the University of Utah has been very very fruitful for us, and and we're we're very very proud to do it. Um, names like Jeff Reyes. Jeff Reyes played in the '80s, and his claim to fame was he had five sacks against Hawaii at home. And I don't know if that's still part of the record, but it, incredible. I played high school with Jeff Reyes. Um, another guy that uh, um, I played with was Dave Cullody. Dave Cullody went on to play uh, for the 49ers uh, in the late 80s and got a Super Bowl ring. And um, he went on to finish his career in Cleveland for the Browns. Um, so those are guys that went to Pine Ridge. Those are guys I got involved back in the day. And they it was a natural fit for them to, to be a part of this, to, to, to bridge the gap between the Ute Reservation community and the University of Utah through athletics. Was, it, it's just a natural fit. Um, and we, we have some other interests as well. You know, um, a guy named Gene Nickram, who's been, uh, he was, he's more late, late, uh, late 70s. I think um, uh, Coach Howard was his last year coaching Gene Nickram, the offensive lineman. Um, but they all want to give back. They all want to be a part of this. And we've also recruited um, Earl Tucker. There's a name that, that not a lot of people have, have thought about in the last 15 years. But, wow, he was the cubby of his day. Mm-hmm. And I like to throw out the other part of that sentence, but, but maybe cubby was the Tucker of this day. You know, he <laughs> okay. was a dynamic returner. He was a dynamic returner, and, and his claim to fame was that he led the nation in both punt returns and kickoff returns. And I don't think anybody's ever done that since. Um, to top it all off, we have a current NFL great, um, XU Jackson Barton, 
Um, you know, we talked to him last year. He <laughs> he said, you know what? He said, you didn't even have to ask. You know, Gene Nickerman and I have been talking, and and I, I definitely want to be a part of this. And and we're gonna we're gonna have him out as well um, to the camp. And and those are just a, a few names. Um, Lance Winger is another Ute uh, that played back in the day. Who's going to give up his time and. And, and I want to thank these guys because they are volunteers. They give up their time and, and get nothing in return. Um, I know the satisfaction that they're going to get. I've been through it, and, and I can't wait for them to go through this. Now, Hank, this is awesome because I've got uh, family connections to the Basin area out there near Vernal where the Uintenore Reservation is at. And you guys are doing this in conjunction with Union High School, which is in Roosevelt. Uh when it comes to how people can get involved with it, what do you guys need? Where can they donate? Like, what what are the ways people can get involved? I guess the everyday person. Um, well, we could use help of all sorts. Um, we're going to be having fundraisers coming up there in Salt Lake. We're going to have a golf tournament eventually um, next spring uh, to help our efforts. We're going to have um, jacket drives to help the reservation, uh, clothing drives to to give. And I encourage people to go to our website to keep up on our efforts. Uh, the website is athletes, the number four, dot life. We don't use the, the dot com. Again, athletes, the number four, dot life. And they'll be able to see um, information on the camp. Um, there'll be information uh, ongoing all year um, about those efforts that I spoke about. And there's a donation page. And, of course, we can use all sorts of donations. You know, um, we will eventually be targeting some high schools here in California to become involved by giving old equipment mm. that they might not need to use. And we can definitely find some uses for it. Um, I encourage people to to stay up on the, the Little Youth Conference, which is the Pop Warner team or conference there on, on uh, the Ute Reservation. Um, they're trying to build that back up and that's going to be part of our efforts um as part as part of fundraising to help those kids um, get that conference back up and running so again athletes the number four dot life um we take donations from five dollars to fifty dollars um we have several sponsors that are a part of this group in utah um delsco delsco northwest finley resources tower arch capital kitchens and more and CCI, the uh, telecommunications company. So please check us out. You know, if you feel um, that it's a worthy cause, please help us out. If you have any questions, you can contact me. My information is on the website. I'd be happy to talk with you. Um, we have a gentleman that, that did those steps. His name is Mike Livingston. I mean, Mike Livingston called me and said, hey, Hank, you know, I've been a pop water coach here in Salt Lake City for, for 20, 25 years. Um, I want to know what you guys are doing. I want to I wanna, um, see if there's anything I can do to help. He's on our team. He's on our staff. He's going to be running our youth camp. He he has experience um, running Kyle Whittingham's youth camp. So, obviously, it's a natural fit. And if we have a place for you, we'll definitely use you. Unfortunately, it's not going to work out this time, but you have been talking with the current Utah football team. They've been heavily involved in helping, you know, set some things up, get get some connections made. Uh, and I know that the future plans are eventually, you know, turning this into an, a perhaps NIL opportunity uh, with current players and, and getting some of the current coaches on staff to come up and help. How important is it to you uh, to see – 
that connection with the current athletes, the current coaching staff and the Ute tribe outside of like the Ute proud game and actually getting them together to where they can talk to each other and and get to know each other? Well, I think it's huge. I think it's huge for these kids to be able to see, touch and feel current players and coaches, the people that they've been watching, the people that they've been um, throwing the football in the backyard, emulating like we did as kids, you know, um, to give them a sense of pride um, that that this team, those players, are wearing the circle and feather. You know, um, the intangibles, again, you know, are, are infinite as far as the pride that we hope they would feel. And, you know, this is our first go-around, and the timing was a little off um, with the Utah Youth Camps. Um, but when I reached out to Kyle Whittingham, he was all over this. He thought, what a wonderful thing you guys are doing. He was very, very proud of, of our efforts. And he, he basically said that, you know, whatever you need, let me know. Well, the timing obviously was a little off, but um, I, we've set the foundation with several players and several coaches and the, the NIL plan. Um, so next year, uh, we, not, we may not wait until summer. We might do something right after the season. I don't know. Um, but, yes, they are definitely in the works, uh, so stay tuned. Now, I, I need to just acknowledge this. So I, I was looking up Pine Ridge and their high school. I had no idea their mascot were the Thorpes, mm-hmm. like, uh, Jim Thorpe. And I'm a I think <laughs> I, I, a lot of people think I did communications in college. I did not. I actually kind of fell into this career in a way. Uh, but I actually studied history. And in particular, I like the early 20th century. And Jim Thorpe is a huge part yeah. of that. Maybe the greatest athlete who literally ever lived in United States history. It's cool to have that be their that have that as their mascot. That's an incredible, incredible, I think, mascot to have for Pine Ridge. You know, you can see it on paper, and you can get a little touch or feel like you just did. Yeah. But boy, talk about a marketing opportunity, huh? Sure, absolutely. Um, yeah. Oh, absolutely. But the pride they take in in, in being called the Thorpes. Is, it's awesome. It's one of the things that they look forward to uh, there in Pine Ridge. It's um, I don't know when they 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 made that name, but it, it's a natural fit. And mm-hmm. to to talk about a role model, um, he was awesome, and, and they know it, and they're very prideful there. They are very prideful people, and um, they just need a little nudge or a little little glimmer of hope. Um, I still keep in touch with these kids from five years ago. You know, they still call me. They still, um, hey, coach, you know what? I'm, I'm on the bus headed to a championship. I'm a little nervous, you know, and, and I'll, I'll talk to him. And he'll say, hey, you know what? This guy sitting next to me didn't play football, but, you know, he's nervous too. Can you talk to him? I mean, when you coach and you give back in, in, in this aspect, you really don't know what comes back to you. And it's things like that that, that touch your heart and pull on your strings that make you think that you're doing a little bit right and that you should keep keep going and, and, and affect some more lives like that. And, um, yeah, Jim Thorpe, what a wonderful athlete, and, and he's all over that, that school. Um, yeah, thank you, for, thank you for bringing that up. I just I, – the thing is, I, I, I've read enough of things about Jim Thorpe. Like, I never had, obviously, the opportunity to watch him play, but there are so many – contemporary reports of him and the different professional sports he played like we're talking professional in multiple arenas what a legend and yeah i think it's a great thing for them to obviously hopefully live up to that ideal in particular and it's cool that you guys are trying to help out with that as well yes it was it was a good fit great fit you know i wanted to point out also um part of our football camp 
that we're doing here um, on the Ute Reservation is we're we're instilling a mental health skills portion. Okay. Yeah. Um, and you'd be interested to know that the person heading this up um, is a gal named Lisa Mitzel. And for those of you who remember or don't remember, Lisa Mitzel was an All-American gymnast back in the mid '80s. She was she was a part of that three or four or eight-time national run, whatever the hell was. <laughs> um, she was phenomenal to watch. She's our age. Um, and she's going to be uh, taking 30, 40 minutes with the student-athlete and teaching them about mental health skills. And she's also going to spend 30, 40 minutes once we hit the grass with the community that shows up uh, to, talk about, to talk to the parents about the same. And we think that's going to be huge. We think that's going to be a great addition to what we're trying to accomplish. And um, so I wanted to throw that out there. Um, Lisa runs a, a company called Zen Tiger Mind, and she's doing a, a phenomenal job with it. Uh, we talked about the pride there is with Jim Thorpe at Pine Ridge. Obviously, there's also this pride in being a University of Utah Ute as Correct. an athlete. Yeah. Uh, and and I think there's pride on the reservation as well that the flagship university in the state uh, it takes their name and gives them a little bit of a platform to share their culture and, and some of the things that they do with like the Ute Proud game, doing the halftime show. From your standpoint, what does it mean to you to be able to kind of further bridge that gap and maybe help continue building the relationship so that it's longstanding, you know, into the future? Well, as an ex-athlete, um, you know, you, you wear circle and feather and you become prideful of it. I mean, it just, it just automatically happens. And when you're able to give back, um, we are very, very fortunate to be able to give back to a living entity that, that we wore on our helmet, that we sweated for, that we bled for, that some of us broke bones for and gave our all. Um, and, and took a big part of our life. Those are memories that we will, we will die with. And um, to be able to give back is just it is a tremendous feeling of, of pride um, to have it all in, in, intertwined. You know, when I talk to people up at the university about our, our venture here, um, they say, you know, I'm glad I'm obviously happy with what you're doing. But, you know, we should be doing more for them. You know, we 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 are we should be we should be honoring them a little bit more. We should have we should be more cognizant of what they bring what we're, what we're allowed to wear for them um what we represent with the circle and feather and um there's some arguments about the double block you but that's probably for another broadcast <laughs> but um it's very prideful it's very it's very uplifting it's very fulfilling and, and it, it drives me and i know it drives all these guys that i just mentioned and it's going to drive them more so once they get this first camp under their belt all right. Well, Hank, I really appreciate you jumping on and talking a little bit more about, you know, what it is you're doing. And hopefully we get you a, a few more people interested in wanting to help and in, in getting involved, because I do think it's a worthy cause. And there is something I think truly great about being you proud as a, as a Ute student, yeah. uh, not an athlete, but a Ute student myself. Uh, there, There is just a certain amount of pride and and getting to showcase that and give back to that means the world. Absolutely. You know what? I want to thank um, the new coach at Union High School, Coach Dustin Long, 
and the athletic director, Jesse. Um, I want to thank them for giving us their facilities, and they are phenomenal facilities. We can't wait to to go out there and have fun on that campus. Um, you know, one, th- one last thing I want to say, you know, you would have mentioned, what does it mean? You know, how many, how many football players in the country are able to give back to the logo on their helmet? You know, a lot of them are mascots. A lot of them, a lot of them may have some meaning, but you know, when you, again, when you wear that circle and feather, it's uh, it means something and there's somebody behind that. And I just wanted to leave you guys with that. Well, we appreciate it. And Hank, like I said, we'll, uh, we'll have you on again, absolutely, because I'd love to talk actually more about Utah football itself with you because you have history. You played in the 80s. You can wa- you can kind of track the entire rise of the Utah football program. We'd love to talk to you more about that. But best of luck with the camp out there in the Basin, and we will plan on talking with you down the road, all right? Hey, thank you very much. There you go. Hank Mundaka. Cool stuff, by the way. Yeah. Like, it's just – it's. It's awesome to see them. It's this whole tangible thing, like being able to give back. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? The University of Utah football program represents an entire group of people that live in this state. So it's mm-hmm. fun to have that as part of the part of the deal in all of this. Yeah, it's a cool story. Uh, I know this has been in the works for a while. Uh, I happened to just stumble on the Pine Ridge story, uh, which was just incredible. Uh, it's if you haven't seen that article, this was obviously before I came on with KSL. Yeah. Uh, I did it with Ute Zone, but I, I went into a lot of detail as to the history and why Pine Ridge is the way that it is. Uh, and, and and just really tried to set the stage as to what they had to overcome to try and get through to some of these kids and, and to that community. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it's a tremendous story. And I'm excited that it's now going to have a Ute twist to it yeah. with former Ute players that, as you mentioned, have kind of represented this entity uh, for for years and years and years. Yeah, no doubt about that. All right, we will come back on the other side, though. But once a big thank you to Hank Mondaka. It's athletes number four dot life. If you want to go check it out, I actually went over the website. It's actually a really good setup. Got all the details of the camp they're going to be having here uh, a week away, roughly, uh, from now. So uh, check that out. All right, we will come back on the other side. We will get into five minutes of cover some of the other topics we have not had a chance to cover quite yet on today's show. This is the Saturday show right here on 97.5 FM, the KSL Sports Zone. Welcome back to the Saturday show here on 97.5 FM, the KSL Sports Zone. Hope you all are doing well out there on this Saturday morning. Uh, Jake and Michelle along for the ride uh, as we uh, dig in now to five minutes of. And Michelle, an interesting story coming from Colorado. Now, Colorado's been all over the headlines in college football for good reason. Uh, Deion Sanders, a.k.a. Coach Prime, has just really reinvigorated a program that's been downtrodden is a kind term, I would say. Like, been really, really down. I, I'm a case of being at the highest of highs mm-hmm. with some national championships and then yeah. just I, tanking in the worst way possible. Um, but so, story breaking yesterday that Deion Sanders, who he had uh, blood clot issues during his time at Jackson State, actually ultimately resulted in him having two toes amputated because of circulation issues. Ooh. 
uh, during that time there. He actually missed three games uh, during the middle of the season when that happened. Uh, but apparently he could lose his left foot as a result as a result of circulation issues that forced him to have those two toes amputated in 2021. Uh, he allowed camera crews with the pregame show to film a meeting with his medical team at the University of Colorado where he's preparing for his first season in an 11 11-minute 11 segment. Uh, he met with multiple doctors, an orthopedic surgeon, a vascular surgeon, uh, as well as an athletic trainer to, to discuss his daily pain levels. And it says, quote, you just have to understand that the risks are high. Things can cascade, said one of the doctors, adding that Sanders might not just lose another toe, but could, quote, uh, quote could lose the foot. Crazy, crazy stuff. Now, Sanders, uh, I guess in the, I haven't watched the clip, but he did say this. Well, I know what the risks are. I only have eight toes, so I'm pretty sure I understand. <laughs> Dion. Oh, good, good old Neon Dion. Apparently, he has no feeling in the bottom of his left foot. That is wild. Uh, and then he said, he did say, I guess, if a procedure is recommended, he wants it done right away because once the season starts, he's going to be quote too busy. <laughs> I mean, he's not wrong. He's not wrong, but but it, it feels a little cavalier because yeah. it sounds kind of serious. <laughs> You know, I'm. I may have to have my foot amputated, but that's gonna happen. Let's do it. Let's go right let's, now. Let's rip the bandaid off now. I, just, I, I don't. I don't mean to. Like, I'm with you. I don't mean to laugh. I, right. But yeah, you're right. It, it's just it, this is being handled in such a Dion yes. way. It would be interesting to catch him a little more in private. Sure. Um. I mean, I. I like. I like that he's handling this in a lighthearted way because yeah. I think, you know, for a lot of people, this is super devastating. Like I said, it would be interesting to catch him like with the cameras not on yeah, and ask him about it because uh, I think you might get a little bit of a different response. But I, I mean, you know, this is this is a topic of I again, I'm I'm giggling and I'm laughing. It's sure. not it's not a funny thing, but I think there is an element of, you know, Taking something that sucks yeah. and, and making it light could really help other people that are facing that. When your li- life gives you lemon, you make lemonade out of it. He's trying to, he's trying to, I think, ac- up, accomplish that just in an unorthodox fashion. I guess is, is what it's saying. Which is par for the course. Well, sure, and he <laughs> trust me. Like we all know this, Dion. If you watch his playing career, you've watched him in his life beyond football and coaching. He doesn't march to the beat of anybody but his own drum, Mm-mm. and in some ways, that's actually it's admirable because he just he, that's how he approaches. It. And to his point, he's had incredible success by and large. He's had had some failures along the way, but the coaching side of things, he made Jackson State a national program. Like he made them relevant on a national stage, which is not easy to do for an HBCU. No, not not anymore. Not. <laughs> Not since Alabama wrecked them. Yeah, no doubt about that. Since since you love history so yeah. much, oh, I, yeah, 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 it, it changed a few things. It did. Yeah. Uh, very much changed the complexion of what HBCUs yeah. were in the football world for sure. Yep. Um, other things you need to talk about here is the U.S. Open is underway, and I've got to say, Ricky Fowler is the feel-good story of this. We had the, we had the whole uh, Michael Block thing in the PGA Championship. This guy who's a teaching pro in California goes out and makes a run to the PGA Championship. Well, a guy like Ricky Fowler's been around golf forever. Mm-hmm. Most of us remember him in those bright fluorescent orange outfits with the hair coming out. He's matured now, but he's having an incredible run. Uh, he is currently leading the tournament. He's 10 under after a really, really wild second round. We're talking, it was like it looked at his scorecard. It was like, 
birdie boogie, birdie, birdie just a, 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 like very few pars. It was yeah. feast or famine for him out there at LA Country Club. But he leads the tournament now, and uh, he'll be obviously looking to win his first career major title if he can pull it off. There's still two rounds to go. But it's fun to have guys like this who have been around the game of golf for a long time, was at one point considered to kind of be, quote-unquote, the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't necessarily accomplish what I think he probably had in his mind and most of us thought he was going to accomplish, but kind of a late career resurgence here for a guy that's one of the fun characters on the tour. You know what? We we love a good comeback story, and it sounds like that's exactly it. I'm I'm not terribly, terribly familiar in the world of golf, but... I mean, who doesn't who doesn't love? I, I we just talked about Deion Sanders. Who yeah. doesn't who doesn't love a character in a sport, uh, and seeing them have some level of success? Well, and Ricky does have a connection to the state. Uh, one of his sets of grandparents lives in St. George. He mm-hmm. actually owned at, w- at least at one point he owned the course scoring record at Sunbrook, I believe, down there in the St. Huh. George area. Uh, there was at one point when his grandparents were living. I don't know if they still are, right. but when they did, they had a banner on the back of their thing. PK's seen it with his own eyes. It oh says, uh, "We are so proud of you, Ricky." Like it was when Aww. he was making runs and whatnot. So he's got a connection to the state and. It's it's a fun story because, like I said, this guy at one point was considered to kind of be the the next big thing in golf, mm-hmm. and it, n- it never really materialized. He won a couple of tour championships, was considered one of the, like the quote unquote fifth major, but he's never won an actual of the four majors. And obviously, he's only one stroke up on Wyndham Clark. Uh, Xander Shoffley is there at uh, eight under, along with Rory McIlroy, so he's gonna have to fend off a bunch of really really good golfers. But to be sitting on the 36-hole lead, that, that, that's, not, that's not nothing because he set a uh, U.S. Open record with his 62 on Thursday. That's so cool. So. Uh, that's, <laughs> I mean, that's so cool. We'll, we'll see if he can, like I said, fend, fend some of those guys off. Uh, th- those are some names yeah. that, that he's going to have to kind of keep at bay. Uh, but even, even if he doesn't, like just to kind of, as you mentioned, get to this point mm-hmm. uh, and have a lead is a pretty big deal. Yeah, Tony Finau is sitting in 11th place currently at three under par. Uh, he will tee off at 3.45 p.m. Uh, Ricky Fowler and Wyndham Clark, obviously the champion, the, the top two, uh, they will be teeing off at 4.40. I got to say, though, Michelle, just this is me. I, I, you know I'm a big golf person. I'm loving the fact that I can watch golf well into the evening because it's on the West Coast. They're playing down there at Los mm-hmm, Angeles mm-hmm, Country mm-hmm. Club, which – by the way, have you guys read the story on the LACC down there, like the the background of that that country club? It sits like right near Beverly Hills, and the land it's on, Michelle, they say conservatively could be worth $8 billion on the open market. Gosh. <laughs> yeah, we talked about it on Jake and Ben yesterday and yeah. the rules oh, that's the that go behind it. Yeah. But going off of the money, yeah. it's like the second most expensive – piece of land behind Central Park. Yeah, it's not wow. it's not developed for for housing in the United States. Right. It's like Beverly Hills is right there. Um there are like the houses that border this Michelle millions upon millions of dollars. Oh no they're, doubt. They're like so it's and yes, the the the, the exclusivity of this cl- of this club, 800 members, a $250,000 initiation fee if you do get in, which you have to go through multiple rounds of interviews to get in in the first place. What? And then it's twenty five grand in annual dues beyond that. Uh, you have to wear, quote, tailored pants, unquote, at all times, no matter how hot it is, no shorts on the course, cannot change your shoes in the parking lot. You can take phone calls in two places, either in your car or in a booth that's in the locker room. 
like enclosed booth. Like there, you have to wear a sports jacket oh, yes. after like six p.m. If you're over seven years old. <laughs> yeah, this doesn't sound like a place I would want to hang out at. It's. it's uh, I'm a child and I like my comfort. It's a pretty highfalutin place. It's, it's just it's kind of a crazy thing, but I I will admit. Majors on the West Coast are fun because, like I say, it allows me to like, watch it all day. Ricky, Ricky, and Wyndham Clark, they will not be done till eight forty-five, nine o'clock tonight, huh. like with their round. So it's fun to have that option, like to be able to just turn it on and you watch the, the entire evening. Uh, a lot of people out there. It's Father's Day weekend this weekend, by the That's way. True. Happy Father's Day to everybody out there. Uh, a lot of dads like to watch golf. Well, this allows them to essentially spend their evening on Sunday watching golf if they if they so desire. If you're into that sort yeah. of thing, which I am. <laughs> Jake I'll be, is, I'll be watching. Michelle is not. I, I here's the thing, golf. I'm not either. By the way, <laughs> y'all Michelle. need to get y'all need to get into golf. Come on now. It, you know what? It's really great if I need to take a nap. <laughs> Background which noise puts me right to sleep. Okay. That soft Top golf clap. is my level of a uh, experience with golf. We're gonna have to get you guys out on the links and go play. Be fun to play with both of you. Michelle's you, like, you say that now. Michelle, you be, no, here's the thing. <laughs> I've had so many people tell me, I, I, I just enjoy going. I don't care who I'm playing with. It's just fun to be out, like outside and everything. I, I took my kids to the driving range last night. Aww. I'll drive the golf cart. I know. I'm going to fight you for that, right? Hey. That's my favorite part, too. <laughs> That's Mrs. Hatch's best favorite part of the, of the whole thing, too. I can tell you that much. But it, it's... <laughs> I don't know. It, it, it's fun to see this, and obviously we'll be tracking Ricky. Uh, Tony Finau was in this. Uh, by the way, Preston Summerhays, if that last name sounds familiar, he's part of the famed Summerhays that live here locally. He plays at ASU. He was playing in this. He did get cut uh, after shooting back-to-back 73s, but uh, good to see him competing against the world's best. Is that the family that owns the fish and chips place? That I, that part I don't know. I know that the summer, like Bruce Summerhays was a legendary golfer, played on the, on the senior tour. He's had his... A bunch of his sons, Danny Summerhays, played on the PGA Tour for a long time. He's on mm-hmm. the Corn Ferry Tour. They're all over. His, by the way, Preston Summerhays' sister. Preston has won the has won the state amateur. His sister Grace is going to be an LPGA golfer at some point, probably. She's won the women's amateur here in the state of Utah. This is like the first family of golf in this state, the Summerhays clan. Interesting. Well, if you guys own the fish and chip place in Holiday, it's fantastic, and I love going there. Thank you. So is it called Summer Haze? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, Michelle, I did not know this place existed. I love fish and chips, and I know where I'm going for lunch today. I can tell you that much. Have good clam chowder, too. Oh, you just made my day, Michelle. All right. I got something out of today's show. That was was great. (laughs) We'll wrap it up next. This is the Saturday show right here on 97.5 FM, the KSL Sports Zone. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Don't want you for the weekend. Don't want you for a night. 
Welcome back to the Saturday show here on 97.5 FM, the KSL Sports Zone. Hope you all are doing well on the Saturday. The show's flown by once again, Michelle. I know. Two hours in the books almost. Um, before we go real quick, uh, so Sarah said in the break she's watching, Was it, you said Norway and Scotland, right? Yes. So they're playing in the is it UEFA Nations League, is that what they call it? Something, I think something. so. It's, it's kind of, the, but um, so I was like, like, she's like, well, Norway was up one nothing, and all of a sudden Scotland's up 2-1. I'm like, well, it's probably Erling Holland who's really gotten Norway going because he's he scored fifty two goals this year. He said he set a record for a club season for Manchester City. He's twenty two years old. He is the next big thing in soccer. Like, just watch this dude. Like he he's already an incredible player. He's twenty two years old. He could play for another ten years, and who knows what records he might obliterate in that time. Jeez, yeah, yeah, to but be, man, they to be fell so apart. Talented. Yeah. Like, well, here's the thing. Norway, not necessarily the strongest soccer entity out there. Uh, they are more known for their winter sports, as we all know, in the Winter Olympics. They seem to win every, um, what is it, uh, cross-country skiing event known to man. Well, you don't have a ski event, Nordic skiing, yeah. named after you if you you're know. not good at it. Yeah, so, yeah. so it, crazy, crazy <laughs> stuff. I was actually, I just pulled up a thing. Uh, apparently he, like, because he, he was just like a normal dude in Norway, Apparently, like he, like people in Oslo where he lives, like in the off season, Oslo, Norway, people are just kind of like, "Hey, it's it's yeah, it's early. He's right over there. If you want to go talk to him, like he doesn't like apparently have like people like around him at all times, like huh. protecting him from the public. So well, must be nice. Yeah, seriously, be a celebrity and have that. Well, and that, freedom still have freedom. Yeah, be able to move about and do everything. He owns a two point six million dollar pound apartment though in Oslo. So, yeah, the game just wrapped. Scotland won. Yeah, the Scots came back. All right. Well, yeah. So I just yeah, look at them. Like apparently, like, he, like it's not uncommon for him to like walk out of this apartment. Apparently, like, kids would be like holding the jersey. He just sign it for him and everything. Aww. He's a real dude. That's the yeah. thing about that. It's like you appreciate athletes who live their life in that way. Like they're willing. They're 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 accessible. At least try to be. Sure. It's, it's, sometimes it's a little impossible. Well, but yeah. but the ones that try, we see you and we appreciate you. They they make an effort. At least that's the biggest thing is they they try and do that. All right, Michelle. Any final thoughts from you before we go on this edition? No. Okay. I, I, th- I think we pretty well. I think we covered everything. Seemed like it. So, uh, <laughs> by the way, big thank you to Hank Van Daka once again. Mm-hmm. Fun to have him on and let him kind of tell the story of his inspiration for doing what he's doing. Because uh, let's be honest, it's not an easy thing to do, but they're making a big impact at the same time. Yeah, uh, it's you know these are places I I've talked about before. Uh, when we talk about our native tribes here in the U.S., they're kind of our forgotten minorities. Yeah. Uh, his, history says, you know, they they got put on this land and and kind of haven't been thought about since. And and obviously, there's some some problems and some issues there that need to be addressed. And and I think people should be aware of. So. Yep. So uh, check that out. Athletes for number four dot life. It's not a dot com. It's athletes for dot life. If you want to get involved with that really fun camp coming up out there in uh, Roosevelt at Union High School. I encourage you guys to check that out. Uh, big thank you to Sarah for producing this week. Of course, we'll be back next week. Who knows what we'll have on the docket at that point, Michelle. But nonetheless, uh, rejoin us then. Make sure you keep it locked right here on the zone all week long, though. DJ and PK, Jake and Ben, Hands and Scotty, Unrivaled. Got you covered every single day right here on 97.5 FM, the KSL Sports Zone. See you.